Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to another edition of Insane in the Membrane. Insane in the Membrane. Greetings, one and all. Good to have you back. Welcome aboard. I hope you're well. Um, this this introduction, as you can hear, is a bit echoey. Sounds like I'm at the bottom of a boat or I'm trapped in a fridge. But um, I'm actually I'm about to do this from my flat. And so the acoustics are a little bit different. So that's why it sounds like this. So apologies if you're used to our, our pristine recording that we normally do at uh, producer Paul's uh, wonderful um, yeah, studio. I mean, I can't even put my hands together. You can hear it rubbing. It's like sandpaper. Um, anyway, so that's why everything's a little bit weird because I'm off. I'm off out somewhere. Anyway, welcome. I hope you're good. I hope you're well. It's Mental Health Awareness Week um, this week, and uh, and uh, so you know, even more reason to check in on everybody, find out, make sure your friends and family are doing all right. You know, I mean, you don't need a special week to do this. It should be all the time. You know, as we've already discussed on the podcast, life is hard, and we, we should be checking in on each other all the time. So, you know, but mental health awareness week is this week. So uh, we've got a great guest in mind for that. So that I'll tell you about that in a minute. But before we get into that, um, we've got to tell you about SOS Clothing, Save Our Souls Clothing. Those wonderful lads, Stacy and Mark. Good, good lads, taking care of our merch. Now, if you go to sosclothing.co.uk forward slash membrane and use the 15% discount code membrane, that'll save you some money and you'll look bloody great. It's Honestly, I'm already seeing them on people and they look fantastic. They're in this wonderful gold color with the emblem down the front. They look wonderful, t-shirts and hoodies. Um, and they're, they're in all manner of sizes. I think it goes from like small to 2XL, 3XL maybe. I know they're, they're, they're roomy and they look smart. So get on that. Cheers to Save Our Souls. Mark and Stacey, good lads taking care of us here at Insane in the Membrane. So for Mental Health Awareness Week, we spoke to a musician who's been involved with Calm and who you might have seen on our social feeds talking about uh, hashtag welfare check. It's something that he does with his mates. Like he'll... He just ta- he just he just text them that like welfare check. Like him and his mates do it, and it's a really nice thing that I think really should. I think it should catch on, you know. Just that, just even just like make, yeah, no hashtag welfare check, and then you mates go yeah yeah I'm fine or well, not fine, you know. It's a really nice thing. I really think it should should, uh, should take off. His name's J P Cooper. He's a wonderful human being that we got we got on, we got we got on like a house on fire, he, and his music is. Absolutely superb. He's a great man. I had such a good time talking to him. And he's really, he's really into his mental health and doing more for people and trying to spread the word and spread love. He's a beautiful man. Really loved it. I really loved talking to him. Um, and I want to say thanks to Shane and Ronnie at Island Records, uh, Universal Music, for making that happen. Appreciate you doing that for us, guys. Very, very happy that you got that you hooked us up. So look, do you know what? I'm sitting here in this echoey room. You want to get on with this, and I want you to listen to it. So without further ado, coming up is JP Cooper. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A podcast from producer paul.co.uk. There's no big introduction. We just get in it. We just do it. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what. Obviously, you know, it's been a tricky year. And now we're sort of edging back out. Things are starting to open slowly, but it's still. I'm talking to people, and there's a bit of trepidation, and and and, and people are, people just. They, they, I've had conversations with people. are going, oh, I don't know why I feel. I feel sad, and I feel this, and I feel that. And I'm like, well, you're just getting used to going back out. That's what's happening. Yeah. And I had a moment today. I was on the train coming down to the to, to the studio, and I'm just having a moment. I was feeling a bit melancholy, and and I was like, I need to. I'm just going to look in. I'll just start, you know, looking to the guests today to find out a bit more about them. And then I put on your track with uh, Stormzy, Mama's Prayers. Yeah. My God, it was. I'm. Te- I'm not just. I'm not just kissing your ass. I'm on the train, and suddenly I just felt. It was like I just got lifted. I was just lifted out of this quagmire of shit with this epic song. And I've sent it to a few mates. I've gone, Amazing. just listen to this. And, I, and they've all messaged back going, fucking hell. So, wow. mate, it, the, the power of music. You're it's lift, incredible. Lifting people. You know? Love that. Yeah, Love man. that. Is it? I mean, I find, I find music, it, I always turn to music when things turn to shit. I don't know if that's the same with yeah. you. You know? Yeah, it was definitely how it started. That was my uh, that was my therapist really, and that was that was you know being creative in general was um, what I saw growing up. You know, my dad was was an artist, and yeah, him him going through his situation, and that was his outlet. That and his faith. Um, yeah, right. But it was definitely it was just something that we did. It wasn't, I just thought everybody did that. So yeah. uh, it was only when I started to get a bit, a bit older that I was like, oh, this isn't what every household is like, you know? No. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not always continued to play that role, um, you know, especially when it becomes a job. Um, yeah. So I'm sure we'll get more into that, but <laughs> it, it, recently I'm getting back to that place where it's, uh, it's doing all the good stuff again. Yeah, nice. But it must be difficult when you reach a certain level and then there's expectations of, of on you to, like you say, it becomes, you know, it's a, it's a good job to have, but it becomes a job. 
Yeah. And you and yeah, you, yeah. you've got you've got you've got you know um, deadlines to make and all that. And it kind you know once once you start making money and people start making money from what you're doing and it becomes yeah. you get on that sort of treadmill, don't you? Yeah, you know? and so it must be tricky because yes. when you started out, you've got that. You just want to do it because it's, it's in you, and you, you've got that. You know what I mean? And then 100%. you're part of the machine, and it's mm. yeah, it's a it's, I've, it's a tricky one. Changes things. Yeah, yeah, and that's not. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not poo pooing any of that either. It's a yeah, good no, place to, it's a good place to be. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's it, you know it, it, it um there's a lot of decisions that. Ha have to be made throughout that process and mm. some of them are um, I think I think the issue is you get very much into the career decisions yes. um, and not necessarily the joy decisions Got you. Um, yeah. and I think that's been one of my big realizations over the last year is how do I find joy in all of this again you know and that's that's kind of just been my shifted the kind of um, the focus now to what makes me happy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's. But you can easily lose sight of that, especially when everything's moving so fast. You just what's yeah. next? What's next? I want to execute that and and move on. Um, and you know, you don't really end up celebrating your little breakthroughs either. So before you know it, you're like, why do I feel like crap? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it, man. I get it. I just yeah. want to say, Joy Decisions would be a great name for a covers band. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, Joy Decision. That's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. That'd be good. Yeah. But that yeah, you're right. You get when it when it starts to snowball, and you're like I say, you're part of the machine, and suddenly you know. And also, I've I found this as well. I'm, I've I've spoken to musicians before, and you'll go and I'll go. Oh man, I love that tune that you did on blah blah. Like I've just said to you, you know, that's a tune from 2017. Like you've mm. you've you've had you've had another album out since then, and other stuff that you've done. And, yeah. And it's and then I, when I was spoken to musicians, they go, "Oh yeah, I think I remember that one because that's your body of work then." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you're on yeah. to the next bit, you know. Yeah. So that must be quite weird. Yeah, I mean, no, I think ones like that, you know, I always always remember that, you know, the process, and that, and that was definitely like a, a subject that was quite personal to both of us as well. So it, you know, it was it was an important um, the message and the and just to open up that and to share it was you know it was it was a it was a moment. Some of them are just songs that you put out and then there's other yeah. ones that are actually they're quite important and uh yeah i definitely consider that to be to be one of those yeah man absolutely mm. but you you talked about your dad before and you, yeah. you know you had a good relationship with your parents and yeah 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 it's cool man yeah um so i mean my dad so my mum died when i was 11 months old so that i didn't i didn't oh, really know my mum um, my dad was left with there's five of us so i was the youngest um and the only boy as well so you know i wasn't wow. lacking sort of women in my life <laughs> um and in a, in a lot of ways i feel like i got off light lightly because i was a boy and i'm still i'm still experiencing that now you know becoming becoming a well dad myself like, for the second time now and yeah, right. um, a lot of people well and i know it affected my sisters when they became parents um that not being able to ring your mum up and be like, oh, how do I do this? You know, yeah. I think I, I got off quite lightly because you know I, I, I had my dad around, and of course, and I had some amazing women around me as well. Um, but yeah, like I said earlier, you know, watching my dad, how he came through that, and you know, it was only I only really feel like he's in a place this last sort of five, ten years of where he's he's sort of at peace. You know, I, mm. I felt like for a long time he was still battling with all of that um, and it just changed our situation completely you know like he stopped working so that he could look after us so we didn't yeah. have any money at all um, 
but it, it definitely art. You know, he he met my mum at art school, so both of my parents were painters, and my sisters ended up getting involved in visual arts and stuff like that. I can't draw wow. for toffee, um, <laughs> but um, yeah, basically that was just something that we did. You know, we kind yeah. of wore it on our sleeve, and that was our therapy. And um, so yeah, it was very it was very um, normal. But what happens when uh, your therapy? makes you need therapy <laughs> then what do you do you know yeah, so yeah. that's that's the interesting point you know that's the journey of it and how do you get back to making that become your therapy again because yeah. um it ain't cheap well, that's it and that's what we, that no no i know i'm about to start a, another session again i just needed to i just got some stuff i need to iron out and yeah, so ne yeah. next week we start again but um yeah it's that well it's when it becomes like we said you do that you do it because for the love you know the joy of creating music mm. and then it, mm. you and then when you become you get to a level of success and then other factors come into play that you've got to then sort of like you've got to placate these other people and other things and become like you know you've got record labels or whatever else and then yeah like you say like decisions have to be made on a on a career level rather than a just oh, i just want to go and do that i want to go and do a calypso album or whatever i want to go and do yeah. it. you know you want to because you want to do it rather than you know you're having to do it and i think that's yeah. where it comes that's what that's what happens isn't it that mm. yeah and i think just being a part of the you know when you start making well for most people and definitely for me when you start making music you're not thinking about the commercial world and the commercial landscape and mm. and you're not thinking about a product you're yeah. you're just feeling your way through it and uh, nowadays you know we have more data than ever on on algorithms and all the rest of it so people are working to those strengths from a business and from a commercial perspective um but that's just not where i get my joy you know coming back to that word mm. word it kind of i don't know in a weird way i found myself in those rooms with that focus a lot more and um i just fell out of love with it because yeah none of it was really turning me on you know it was like what's well, we're trying for these radio songs and um and i just yeah. got a bit twisted with it all and a bit jaded um and i think the process of the last year i've managed to get to a point where i can separate work yeah and what's kind of sacred to me you know the, the real important stuff um and as a result of that I can enjoy both of them, you know. And yeah. some, sometimes there's songs that you do because it, it, it takes the pressure off the artist stuff, you know. It means yeah. that, or it opens doors for the artist stuff that um, ultimately, you know, it feeds the family. And um, But because now I've allowed them to exist in their own worlds, I can actually really enjoy both of them. Of it's course, fun to just yeah. write pop songs and things like that. It's, doesn't all have to be too weighty and and taking yourself too seriously it's like you know, i'm so lucky that i get an opportunity to do this and yeah sometimes things fall in your lap and opportunities fall in your lap and it'd be stupid not to take them and oh, yeah, um, cool. but you have to know i think it's taken me getting to this point to be okay with it in knowing what the overall bigger picture is and it just took me a while to figure that out yeah now i'm loving it again excellent so uh yeah it feels good yeah well like you say it must be nice once you've found your audience and then you can go look this is what this yeah this is what i'm doing this stuff quite commercial but then do you want to listen to this i've got i've been, mm. I've been tinkering around with this i've got this other this all and i think once people people get people buy into you they're yeah. just happy to have more stuff from you 100 percent. yeah and there's so many different mediums of ways of listening to music now you know you've got obviously yeah. the record but then you've got the live performances and the stuff that goes on YouTube and then you've got, you know, and especially for Spotify with lots of different playlists now, you always do the alternative versions, the, the acoustic versions, the remixes. So there's actually 
a lot of room to be as creative as you want with it. Yeah. Um, you know, you can do as many different versions as you want, and they're only going to support the original idea. Yeah. So, um, in a way, it it just opens up the whole landscape to a lot more possibilities. Um, yeah. And I think it's just as long as you're having fun with it, then it should be easy work. You know. Hell yeah, man! It's like it's like I you know, I'm a comedian by trade. And I was right. the same. I was kind of doing. There were like big clubs that you were doing. It was all stags and Hindus and things like that. And I'm not no disrespect to those things, but it was just you go. You were you were going there. You were just bang, bang, bang. You had to uh, do bulletproof stuff that would that they would they could relate to. And then you sort of you come away from it. And you go, yeah. I mean, it's paying me. It's paying my bills, but it's not. I'm not. I'm not being who I am in in this yeah. environment. And then so you start yeah. going off and doing the smaller clubs with. And then that's it. And, and again, like like you, I found the joy in it again, which is mm. which is something because you know, it's, yeah, it's it's it's. I mean, I've not to put down like other things that I've done or been a part of, but you know, McDonald's makes a lot of money. Yeah, you know, it it does what it does, and it has this platform, and it has found this place in the world where it's it's going to turn over millions and whatever it is per year. But um, it's all good, you know. But what if the chef really wants to be a Michelin star chef? Or he wants <laughs> yeah. his own little restaurant that people come to yeah. and they give rave. No one's giving rave reviews about McDonald's. It just makes a lot of money, you know. Yeah. And I felt like, that's it. Where do you get your satisfaction? You know, it, it, I, I, that's why I couldn't just flip burgers. You know, at some point, you know, you need to go and like personally hand dive some scallops you know <laughs> you know yeah, but yeah it's yeah, funny yeah. you know being you being a comedian that is honestly like i think my i would never be more scared than if someone asked me to do a stand-up uh routine the, the thought of it terrifies me <laughs> well it's quite funny because i'm fundamentally i'm quite shy so the fact that mm. i do it baffles me i don't know how i do it but mm. when i'm in that when i'm up there and i'm in my i'm doing my set or i'm doing a show I just feel more comfortable up there than I do in real life. It's not right. about the attention. It's just the fact I'm doing something that I, something that I love. I'm making people laugh. Mm. And I just, I don't have to think about reality for 20 minutes or an hour yeah. or however long I'm up there. Yeah. You're just lost in this bubble of, you know, just That's incredible. You know? It, yeah. I mean, I think, because I feel the same, especially the older I get, the more introverted I get. And you learn, yeah. you learn how coping mechanisms, how to be around people and all that stuff. And I used to hate talking between songs on stage like when I was younger. So I, you know, sometimes I'd stammer. I've not got a stammer, but no. just in that situation, I find myself tripping over my tongue. And um, and once I just sort of embraced that, I was like, that's who you are, you know, just yeah. get on with it. Now, I'm, you know, I kind of, I'm fine talking. I talk too much. But... Um, <laughs> I think it is interesting, you know, how you can be quite shy and maybe even introverted and and find a way to sort of still... I, I think it's probably... The, the key is in preparation. Yeah. You know, if somebody said to me, like, if I was at a party and someone said, oh, sing us a song, JP, I'd want the ground to open up and swallow yeah. me. I'm just not that guy. But give me an opportunity to prepare, then, you know, yeah. I'll really enjoy the experience. Um, I guess it's just, uh, you know, the way that we're... We yeah, built. I get it, yeah. man. And now you're a parent yourself. Yeah. And that's and that I'm a parent as well. But mine are older. Mine are 23 and 29. So they're wow. So they're up. My youngest is studying music in Bristol, and uh, and oh, my eldest is a yeah. My eldest is a dancer. So it's so they followed they followed my, me into the arts. And it, you know I couldn't turn around to say to them, no, nah, I don't think you should do that. You've got yeah. to go and do something proper. But hmm. what about you with your kids? Do you think you'll be more open with it? 
Yeah, well, it's. I mean, my my little one now is only he's only ten weeks old, and he's already been in the studio sessions. We recently cut um, a couple of bits with a bunch of uh, gospel singers, and we got all the players down there, and sort of my my A team of people that I nice. work with, and you know, and it was it was a proper you know old school studio day cutting you know organs and um a, a big choir and it's just amazing and obviously at the minute he didn't know what's going on but i mean just him being able to soak that up um, yeah. you know I, i'm not i don't really care what he goes into you can do whatever he wants but i think there's it's not just um being an artist or being a writer there's so many other things there's cameramen there's all kinds of different creative things and, and in a way i think now more than ever the way the world's going and and you know i not to massively put down the schooling system or anything, but it needs to catch up. You know, the, the oh, people aren't. Yeah. It, it's still it's still creating employees, yeah. and I think that you know we we need more CEOs and you know we need people starting their own ideas and doing their own. Find I think ultimately the most important thing is finding your place in the world, yeah. and figuring out how to be really good at that thing that you do, yeah. and um, so it's really just anything that they. Um, that they get into, and I'll just encourage the shit out of them, and you know, hopefully it will, yeah. it'll, uh, it'll work out. Yeah, oh man, I get it. Uh, yeah, that's it. I just, I've always said to them, look, as long as you're happy, and you're paying your rent, and you're doing all right, you know, mm. that's all I want. I want you to be happy, like you say, because the school system is just churning out worker bees. Yeah. And if you don't, and you know, a lot of us aren't really that academic. We're more on the arty side. We, you know, yeah. I, I for sure, I for sure couldn't sit in a classroom and focus on the bullshit i was yep. getting fed and, so, and there's more people like that so mm. yeah but you grew up in manchester is that right yeah north manchester so a place called uh middleton which okay. is the uh, same town that the cortinas came from those yeah. they went to school with me actually they're in the year below me um so yeah it was, a, it was very much so you know being around that time i was i was born 83 yeah um so i was sort of uh, my first gig that i went to was um Oasis at the G-Max in 97. Uh, kind of, I was really young. I was, I, was, I was a bit scared, to be honest with you. And I can remember <laughs> standing in the queue outside and my mate's big brother giving me a can of like Carlin or Stella or something, necking that down. But I, it, it was an incredible experience. And basically, it, music was, you know, most young lads or teenage lads had a, a, a guitar kicking around their house at that yeah. point. And that's, that's really the, the reason why I got into music. I don't think I ever would have discovered any sort of... Um, passion or gift for it um i, I don't think i would because it wasn't a big thing around the house um oh, really say painting and things like that were but you know my dad he, he played a few records but it wasn't a big part of me me growing up so it was really you know environment really just being in manchester around that time yeah um, and you know the, the group of friends that i, I happened to fall into were Sort of uh, in between, as we were sort of into into the music and not mad popular, and I I, I kind of got away with it um, at school because um, I was on a couple of the sports teams, so I I wasn't completely an outsider. Yeah. Um, I think the other lads got a bit more trouble than me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was uh, it was an amazing sort of learning and and I guess a stomping ground really, just to kind of. It was always a healthy competition as well, you know, of other other people playing. I always found that 
you know, back then I played in a bunch of bands and some of them were all right, some of them were terrible. And I can always remember going to smaller towns to play there and see what was going on in their scene because it was all scenes back then. It wasn't, yeah. if you were into one thing, that was what you did. And <laughs> yeah. So it's changed so much now. And that's something I've had to learn to to be at peace with as well is is blending different types of music and not feeling, not hating myself for it, you know? Yeah. Um, so, you know, we go to different towns and we always found that the, the big cities produced better music because there was just more competition, you know, there yeah. was more bands, there was, you know, um, I guess more more of a drive because there was a few more venues and things like that. Yeah, so really, really grateful to have had that as a place to start, you know, it, I feel like it raised me well. Yeah, well, this is, I've, I've, Manchester became the centre of our universe when we were growing up, obviously, because when the Stone Roses and the Mondays and all that, yeah. sort of explode, that's when I came of age. Mm. And so we, Manchester for me is just this mystical place. Even though I've been there a thousand times now and I've gigged mm. in the place, and it's every time I go, I still get that feeling of fuck. It just yeah. feels like stuff can still happen in that. You know, yeah. London's been has had the soul ripped out of it. It's, they've got rid of half of the decent venues, and mm. it's just becoming a you know a big. A yeah, big... I mean it's happening everywhere. I think we're we're hanging on to them up there, but I mean yeah. this this whole pandemic thing has not really helped. No. Um, but yeah, they're, they're, they're dropping like flies, these sort of grassroots, incredible venues. It's funny, actually, we've, um, I've, me and a bunch of the lads I've been touring with, we, uh, we created a few of our own beers and uh, oh, yeah. started, a, started a beer company. It's called Grey Skies um, Brew. Nice. And uh, so obviously tip of the hat to Manchester. And our sort of dream is to open a tap room up there and have it as a, obviously a, a watering hole, but also somewhere that... Um, artists coming through can can go there and perform and and you know as much as possible we try and get people from the industry up there because that's another thing people have just stopped traveling in the industry as well you know like, oh, really? i was I, the guy that signed me came up to manchester to watch me and i'm really proud of that it was yeah. off the back of a home show um you know forever i've loved for him for doing that like um twin he's, he's not at the label anymore he's, he's uh set up UK's version of Def Jam with his brother, so it's the Boateng, Alex and Alec Boateng. Yeah. Um, so yeah, shout out to him for coming up. And uh, it was funny because he actually got locked out of his hotel. He couldn't get in because the. Uh, <laughs> so it was this freezing, freezing night in Manchester, and uh, yeah, he, he thought oh, I've come this far, I might as well sign him. I guess. Wow. But, uh, yeah, it worked out well. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's the dream is to open up a little um, a little venue there, you know, and create another space for up and coming you know young aspiring musicians to come through and have a spot to um, yeah. cut their teeth i guess i think that's what's going to need to happen it's, it's happening with comedy and it's happening with with music is that we're going to now we're going to find our own little weird and wonderful venues so there's mm. going to be it doesn't necessarily have to be a tailor-made one we'll just make it happen you yeah. know there's always going to be there's always going to be a darkened corner somewhere where we can all perform and do our things you know we've just mm. got to look for it and i think that's yeah after this you know, like you say, we've lost a lot of the decent venues. We're just going to have to start again and do our, do it ourselves. You know? Yeah, I mean, obviously there'll be a lot more of it going online and stuff like that. But yeah. I mean, I, I've never been one for um, watching that many um, comedy videos or, or things. I know some people mm. get really into them. Um, and I've only actually been to a few comedy nights, probably just because I'm scared of getting called out or <laughs> <laughs> getting bullied. Um, but, you know, I, I think surely there's nothing like being there at the time and you know i think f things seem funnier when you're there because you want to laugh 
yeah, unless you're yeah, like yeah. A, I don't know, unless you're a London crowd. But I don't know. Like, <laughs> I, I I go to shows and I, I like I want I want to be I want to laugh. I feel like I laugh harder because sometimes I watch things at TV and I'm like, it's funny, but the no, audience not, are yeah. losing their shit. Well, you know? and, I'm, <laughs> and you're just there, I'm going. Yeah. I'm like it's it's funny, but I'm yeah. not. I think it's I think to do with the energy. It's like when yeah. you go there's, 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 I watch. I would like on, earlier today. I was watching Richie Havens at Woodstock and things like that, and and this, and, and I'll sit on YouTube just watching old Roxy music videos and shit like that. Mm. But there's nothing better than going to see a band. Just even what I I just whenever I hear it, the, the, the 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 they're testing the drums, like they're just ah, doing the sounds yeah. before that. Just that, just that. I can even now. I'm telling you, I can feel the hairs on the back of my neck going mm, up. Mm, mm. When that, it's you've powerful. Had, you've had the support band, and then and then you're like, right, let's get a couple more beers, and you do that, and then you push, and then everyone's pushing their way to the front, and mm. you're part of it, and then you just hear them doing the drums, doing the thing, and then when those yeah. lights go down, and it just that roar, yeah. man. Fuck, yeah, is I mean, I'm, I, I get excited as a as a punter, you know, because I I yeah. don't really live for the stage. I I, I love this i love being in the studio on my own or, or with yeah. my close people like working on stuff i don't really live for touring or, or the rest of it but actually like you speaking like that it, it does all of them things to me because of the the experiences as a kid at a festival you know yeah. or um so yeah it, it is a, it is amazing it's funny i was thinking obviously during the whole covid thing and now that we've got to wear the masks everywhere i was thinking how weird is it going to be having to do yeah. gigs to audience of people you can't see their face no, especially as a comedian. <laughs> yeah, we've got. Yeah, I mean, it's they're coming back. They're, like the gigs I've got booked in aren't till June, so maybe mm, things will mm. just they'll just. We I did a gig last week and it was it was in a garden and, and people didn't have masks on, but it was okay. They, but they all they've all been tested and all this that, and the other. Mm, so mm. that was good, but hopefully by then this we can they can sort of sit without masks and that. Yeah, there's just something nuts. about that. Like when you see the bands you've gone to, you've paid tickets to see. Mm. When you see their silhouettes coming out from back, coming onto the stage when the, before the lights come on, it's fucking electric. And I don't know if there's anything better than that. Then, you know, yeah. and, I, and I really. It, it's, do you know what? It's it, sorry. It's no, no. Go on, man. Go on. It's all about yes. I, th yeah. I think um, being on the other side of it, you know, a lot of um, a lot of people who are people's heroes now. I'm, I kind of know them a little bit, so I lose all of that. There's, there's been a couple of occasions where I've I've met one or two of my heroes, and uh, that doesn't change it. And I think you know it's it's just a lot of them are, are well, sadly a lot of them are dying now. You know the older yeah. people they're all dead, and every year there's another one that's like, oh my gosh, I wish I would have gone and saw them on last tour. But um, I think with those people you'd get that feeling. But it's funny, let me tell you a story. So my hero, like one of my first heroes growing up was um, Eddie Vedder from Pearl Jam. Oh man, I love Pearl and, Jam. Um, yeah. And still to this day, you know, like I, I just, he's one of those gods of, of that kind of music. Yeah. And we did this festival um, in Germany and on the main stage was um, the, White, the White Stripes, um, Jack Johnson wow. and Pearl Jam. Yeah, and uh, whilst Jack Johnson was playing, I thought oh, I've got to go and watch this from stage side. And I look over to me, and Eddie Vedder's chatting to um, Jack Jack White's so there, right? Jack, Jack, um, chatting away, and I'm like, holy shit, it's, <laughs> it's like Eddie Vedder. So I'm trying to stay cool. I'm like, I, I, 
I've got a feeling he's, I think he's about to go on stage and because I know he's done a few songs with Jack Johnson before so I was like this is incredible right. and he goes on does it he comes back and he's and I, was, I couldn't help myself I was like I just need to tell him thank you for and I can't remember what I said to him but I thought I'll keep it short and sweet I don't want to be a weirdo and uh, I went and said mate I just need to show you and you know I'd kind of if it wasn't for you I don't know whether I would have got into music and and he was like oh, that's really nice but th- two minutes later he walked around to the other side of the stage <laughs> and just uh, and I got it but I was like man I feel like I just made him feel mad uncomfortable um, but actually it was funny because I messaged all my mates and they were like actually that's the best part of the story is the fact that he just didn't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yeah, whatever, thanks, mate. Yeah, yeah. So there's been a couple, a couple of those where I'm like, ah, oh, you know. And it's not like I walked away thinking, ah, oh, any different of him. Like he's he's an absolute yeah. legend. And um, but it was it was definitely amusing. He probably just didn't know what to do. He's just, he's just, yeah. Well, especially when you're side stage, you know, it's like, come on, I'm working here, man. <laughs> you know, I'm spo- <laughs> supposed to be safe here from people like you, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, man. I had it with. Uh, I was uh, I was watching Stevie Winwood at uh, Shepherd's Bush right. Empire. So I'm stood watching that, and I looked to my left, and uh, Marcus Russell, the Oasis manager, was stood there, and I'm just like, fuck, it's Marcus Russell, man. Jesus Christ. And I just leaned in, and I just went, look, I just want to say, you, I don't know how you do it, but you're doing an amazing job, you know, looking after the looking after that that band. Mm. And he's like, yeah, nice one, man, nice one. And then I, and then I sort of stepped away, and I'm like, oh, you fucking dick. Like, you know, why did you say anything? Why is that? Yeah. But then Steve Winwood launched into Dear Mr. Fantasy, which is one of my favourite songs. I just felt his arm go across my shoulder, and it was him, and he just went. Amazing. And he goes... Can you believe we're watching this live? And I was like, "Fucking there you no. go." It was there beautiful, it was a really nice Amazing, moment. yeah, yeah. I think do you know. I think managers don't get um, they don't get enough of that from yeah. you know regular people. You know, they don't get enough of that. You've done a great job. You know, football managers do and things like yeah. that. I just don't think music managers do at all. No, um, yeah, because it is. You know, it's like babysitting most of the time. Gosh, imagine, imagine with Oasis, it oh, was God. like, you know. Yeah, yeah, especially the tools, yeah. Uh, just big kids, the bunch of us were all just... <laughs> big toddlers children running around. growing up bodies, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but how did you feel when you were coming up and you were, you know, because, you, you know, you're hugely successful, but when you were coming up and you get, you know, it, it's you, 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 you feel like you're getting somewhere and then you don't feel like you're getting somewhere and you have those days like, oh, well, what's the fucking point? Like, what am yeah. I doing? How did you cope with that? Like, because it, it does spin you out a little bit. Yeah, do you know what? I think, I mean, from the moment I had any sort of success, like, it's kind of been all right. And the only real pressure has been from, you know, the the expectations of what, you know, placement the records are going to do or how many numbers are going to do, which is whatever. But I, I think the biggest challenge was, you know, I, I didn't sign a deal till I was 30, you know, and I was working up until that point. I wasn't making money. I wasn't doing function gigs or anything like that. I was taking any gig I could here and there for 50 quid and a sofa for the night or whatever. And, yeah. um, and it's funny because a lot of people say, oh, how did you stick it out for so long? Because I started doing music when I was, you know, in high school, you know. I was, yeah, right. Um, so it was a lot of years of, playing in bands and we only ever wrote music we never really did covers i think that's why you know there's a bit of money to be made if you do that um but i just never did it so i always worked in cafes and bars and warehouses and whatever was i could you know stop at the drop of a hat if i had a gig or if something came up um and none of my mates were none of us were particularly like high flyers you know we Mm. were all 
kind of I said it before we were all sort of bottom feeders really so it wasn't like I was looking at my peers and going oh he's getting the car and the, yeah, the house yeah. and I, it was we were all just a bunch of I don't know just wannabes like trying to make music and and that was about it really and we, in Manchester you can really immerse yourself in that yeah um so we were we were quite happy like that. I think I spent a year sleeping in the rehearsal room on a blow up mattress, like, <laughs> um, and just going out every night, you know, drinking and having a good time, and you know, that's, I think that's what your early twenties are about, really. And um, yeah, I, I just think there was never really that pressure from myself. I never had that pressure from my parents. I just had this weird faith that at some point it'll happen it's just a case of when yeah there was never there was one or two moments where it wasn't a case of will it happen it was just should i still you know after my my first little boy was born you know it was another two years before i signed the deal and um you definitely question like how am i how am i really bringing anything to the table at this point by yeah, doing right. this you know do i need to sort of am i going to be one of those dudes that everyone's like man when's he gonna like let it go <laughs> luckily you know luckily it happened because there's, there's yeah. a lot of incredibly talented people out there that it, it just doesn't happen yeah um so you know i was one of the lucky ones really you know not not to discredit the work that i put in but well, of course not man but still you know very yeah. lucky your voice is incredible i gotta say that it listening to you like your it, when did you know did you know was it you know when did you know you're like actually i can do this this is, this is all right. <laughs> it's funny thank you um it's, it's funny um i can remember we used to so my grandparents lived in uh, darlington up north so it was a couple of hours oh, drive yeah, from yeah. manchester and we'd um we'd we'd have my dad my four sisters and i'd usually be in the boot like like a hatchback <laughs> in the in the boot there and, and they have the radio on and i always used to sing in the back of the boot and i can remember my sisters being like shut up jp like and um i can remember then thinking that i could sing and i knew that i enjoyed it mm. um and it's funny my said there was a lad in my sister's class he, 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 he actually had a, a hit record his name was um kavanagh Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that I can make you feel good song and he was in my sister's class and I thought so because he'd done it I just thought oh if because at the time I was into sports I wanted to I wanted to be like an Olympic runner I was like I was dead yeah. skinny and could run for days like give me like you know some mashed potatoes and I'll, I'll I can run all day just <laughs> off that and um yeah so that was my thing I was like if that don't work out I might just I might just become a singer Obviously, I had no clue um, about <laughs> how you know competitive it was, and but um, it's funny actually because listening back to some of the old recordings of myself, like I really wasn't anything special. You know, you see these kids getting up and doing X Factor and stuff these days. Uh, really, you know, kids mm. Britain's Got Talent and all that stuff, and there there's literally like ten year olds who are incredible. And I, th I think maybe then there weren't that many young lads singing it wasn't a normal thing to see you know so when yeah. i was there was a lot of luckily there was a lot of encouraging people around me and i believed that it was something i was good at and when you're young and you're in you know you're in you're still trying to find out your identity you, you really hold on to things like that and you internalize it. and i think it was a few words of encouragement that made me think oh it makes me feel good and i like that other people like it so i'll carry on trying to get better but the development from back then to now i mean even in the last 10 years you know i listen to old recordings and I'm like wow I've came a long way um, <laughs> so it's been a lot of work you know a lot of just doing it yeah. um, not necessarily like to any kind of structure but 
um, yeah, somehow I got here and, you know, I'm kind of listening back to records now and thinking, yeah, we're doing all right. Yeah, you know? man. It was, I was, yeah, I was, I was just, this, just one of those voices like, fuck, man, yeah, this is it. This is the one. I'm loving it. Yeah, and it, and nice. it, and yeah, it's good, man. And your, and your, your, your sisters and your dad, everyone's, they must be over the moon. Yeah, oh, 100%. But, you know, again, it's that. My dad was always one of them fellas, like, he'll come and he'll, and my dad, he was amazing. He took in all the crappy little bands I was in and stuff. And like I said, some of them were decent, like, um, but, you know, just, it would be just young lads. And um, he'd get us in the back of the car and take us all around the country, like, um, you know, to play in front of nobody. Um, and he'd just do it. And it, even at the big shows, you know, he'll just stand at the back of the room. And half the time, he's not even bothered about coming backstage to talk to me. He's like, I'll just send you a text that, you know, there's going to be a bunch of people who want to talk to you. Just send me a text saying that was brilliant, that son. You know, and it's just one of the, because there's a lot of people who, you know, and I think again, you know, like I said, when I signed, I was I was 30. So but you get some people who sign young and their parents are just, they want to know about everything. They want to make oh, yeah. every decision for them. And it can be really, so I'm really grateful that, you know, him and, I, I, you know, I think it's just that, northern sort of working class thing as well where you don't want to draw attention to yourself like i think that was something that i need, needed to learn to get over as well i think maybe it's not just a northern thing but i think very much a working class thing is like oh, definitely, the, la yeah. the, the worst thing you ever want to be is um is told that you like love yourself or you follow yourself oh, it's this yeah and, and it's quite hard actually when you when you start putting yourself out there there's this battle going on with like well i've, I've got something to say but uh everyone's going to think i'm like you know, a, a loudmouth or a, or a show off for, for wanting to share that. It's it's. Uh, yeah. I think it's quite a shared experience, like especially in the UK. Like I feel like the Americans are much. Whenever I go over there, it's it's funny. I've shot a few music videos in America that we've not used because the directors are just like, "That was amazing, man!" And I'm like, "Please tell me if it's crap." Like I'm I'm not. And you get it back, and it's crap. <laughs> not what they've done, but my performance. I'm like, it looks shit. I don't want to put that out. You know, there's been a few I've said uh, now whenever I do them in the UK, I'm like, mate, I'm not easily offended. If it's rubbish, just tell me to do it again. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's definitely a, a thing that we have to fight. I'm sure you experience some oh, of that man. yourself. Maybe. It is that working class thing. It's that, mm. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or when you, if you got a little bit exuberant when you were a kid, it's like, hey, you're just showing off now. Stop showing off. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, 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 yeah you're right. And, and, yeah, and you don't want to upset other people around you. Or, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, that uh, being petrified that people around you are going, this fucking idiot, who does he think he is? Yeah, it's a very yeah. fragile ecosystem, yeah. you know. You, <laughs> um, yeah, you've got, to, you've got to respect it. And I still do now, you know. Like, It's funny, like, I, would, I would not like to pull up on my old estate in a fancy car. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like it's such a show-off. And it's funny because... Um, I know a lot of uh, a lot of young musicians. You know, they they sign the the record deal or the publishing deal, and the first thing they do is go and buy a flash car. Yeah. And um, I went and bought a Gore-Tex jacket. That was my treat <laughs> to myself. Yeah. So I was like, all I've ever wanted is a good raincoat that actually works, especially coming from Manchester. I was like, that's what I'm gonna do. I went out and I bought a Gore-Tex jacket because I always nice. got like some something else text that it wasn't real it was like their version of it was the cheaper one and i went i went and uh went to the shop and i was buzzing i still wear it it'll last me a lifetime that so i've still not got a fancy car <laughs> well, i think i was the same when i started to make a little bit of money from comedy i started buying like the the trainers that i never had yeah and i like yeah 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 but i just I it's remember, funny because yeah. i feel like trainers and things like that you know 
that's something that you know working class people you aspire to um, to wear those like coming up for me it was um air, air maxes and uh reebok classics were oh, like yeah. And I can remember, I never, I never had the names trainers. And I think my sister, my eldest sister, was dating this guy that was much older than her, and it caused a bunch of issues, like in, in at home. And um, but I can remember, I thought it was great because he took me to Berry Market and he bought me a pair of Diodora trainers. Oh, I was gonna and say they were like, Deodora. and they ju Diodora just about passed. It was like, you're all right, you mate. You know, whereas before I was wearing like some no name, like four stripe, you know. <laughs> um, and that was like, yeah. that was like, okay, it was if you didn't have them or you, and you didn't have kickers, I can remember wearing these, they're called US Brass and they were probably made in the same factory, but, uh, yeah. and they were about, you know, really, really cheap kickers were just, I can remember I got a pair for my, um, my dad must have like saved up for it because I think for one of my birthdays, it was the only time, it was birthdays and Christmas, the only time you get clothes and, and new stuff like that, everything else was like hand-me-downs. And um, so literally like people's, we had like other family friends who would give us like, bin bags of yeah, <laughs> of clothes yeah. and I, I can remember wearing stuff that was too big for me because it was like Same. it had a name on it yeah um, I had this naf naf shirt that was <laughs> there was 18 <laughs> sizes too big for me but it, it had naf naf on the front and, and that's like, it and people no one even questioned it it was no. like oh naf naf nice one mate <laughs> um, oh, yeah man. whereas now it's like you know it, it's, it's funny like I, I don't care too much for it like no i mean i just wear converse most of the time now but um yeah back back then it was very very important like the brands that you wear and stuff yeah. in that sort of culture it's uh it's interesting yeah. well, it's funny the De you mentioned deodora when i was at school the top boys had the deodora gold and the deodora silver like they're beyond oh, were they like fancy ones they were yeah, like, well, they were like they were, yeah they were white with the gut and then the on the side was gold and that was what beyond right. beyond Borg had and right. uh, and I always because there was this guy Keith Collins who was I always admired him and thought hey oh, he was really cool he's really cool, and then as soon as I've, I've made a bit of money and they re-released them about about ten years ago I went and got them and I'm like yeah, yeah. like I was at some moment again. like yeah bumming yeah. around in these Deodora yeah, golds moment. yeah <laughs> <laughs> but it's but all those things like the music and fashion have always been. Have always gone hand in hand for me. It's always and then mm. this youth, you know, youth cultures and you know and it, and it, and being a part of something which we don't really have now. There's like you like you said before. There's all so many different. You can be into anything now. Yeah. You know and and it and it's all cool. But there's it's, it's like little pockets rather than like the whole nations into yeah. things. And it you know and it's the the you the fact that you found your audience is is you know spectacular, man. Well, I, th I think that's the uh, that's the massive encouragement, you know, going forward and um, not being too swayed by the algorithms and the, mm. you know the, the commercial world. You know, is that actually there's 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 an audience that it's just a case of getting it in front of them. I mean, there's yeah. you know one thing about you know the internet is no matter what weird stuff you're into, you'll find a community. Oh, God, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter what it is. Like, so I'm pretty sure that if I feel good about a certain type of music and we manage to get the marketing right, then you're going to find enough people to make it financially viable, you know, for yeah, everybody. Yeah, yeah, Everyone yeah. gets to eat. And because I, I think that's like my, you know, that's for me, that is commercial success for me. It's like if you're, if you're making the kind of work, you know, the kind of music or whatever it is that you create, if you're doing it the way that you like it with people that you love and you're all eating, mm. then you're doing all right. You know, anything yeah. on top of that's a bonus. 
um, yeah, man. all the rest totally of the stuff good. is kind of uh, it's just fluff in it it's, it's noise stuff, lost it? in it yeah yeah but do you find, do you, I mean, do you ever, you, uh, you said about your family, I imagine you're quite close, like you were saying. Do mm. you find that you've got a good support network, like you can, you've got people you can reach out to when you're having your darker days? Or, yeah, well, you know. to be honest with you, it's funny, when you first sign a deal, or you kind of end up getting uprooted from all of that, because, especially nowadays, it, it, I think, I don't know whether it was any different back in the day, but I, I thought when you sign a record deal, they give you a bit of money and they say to go away and make a record. And yeah. and it isn't like that. They send you here, there. And again, I don't want to sound like I'm bashing, I'm no. saying they do this and they do that. It isn't that. I, I have the decision in everything that I do. Like if I want to say I don't want to do that, no one's going to, you know, they might try and persuade me, but ultimately it's my decision. Um, but, they encourage you to go and do all these different writing sessions with all these different people and these hit hit makers and some of them are great and some of them are, are not so great and you meet some amazing people and you learn a lot and you you, you know you gain a lot of it's, it's like going to school like it's, for me it's like this has been my like my university it's been yeah, these first yeah, yeah. Uh, however many years of of being in the industry that's been my apprenticeship and i only feel like i'm graduating now but the um you just get sent everywhere, you know, different time zones. I've never had to travel so far to write a song in my life. It's, it's nuts. <laughs> and as a result of that, you do feel disconnected. And, and there's definitely a weird thing, again, coming from a working class place as well. Like most of my mates were just really happy for, for me. Yeah. But I'm not going to go and tell them about my problems when, like, things are going well for me. You just feel, you feel... You know, to be honest, I don't even want to talk about music when I'm with them because I just feel like I'm bragging. It's like, what's going on with you, mate? You know, I, yeah. I, I don't like that. Um, so, in a way, you feel like you've not got the right to, um, to say you're not having a good day. Yeah. You know, or, or or you're you're feeling down or you're anxious or any of that stuff. I've been really really lucky. Like, um, you know, the last few years I've managed to reconnect. To be honest, the big reconnection for me was getting married and reaching out to sort of my groomsmen and being like. This is actually really important, you know, and I need nice. to, I need to reconnect with you guys and make an effort to, you know, because it's those guys who you came up with and saw you at school and all of that stuff. That, yeah, you know, they they're always going to love you regardless of whether you do, you know, whether you're selling records or you're on the TV or the radio or whatever. Um, uh, also, my, I mean, my wife's. Um, doing a master's in psychotherapy so that helps oh, there you go. yeah yeah <laughs> um you know <laughs> so, plenty to work with yeah, yeah. No, so she, she's been incredible you know um i think you know every sort of industry should have an in-house uh, therapist i think especially Definitely. in the media yeah. um and i hope it is something that in the future um we see a lot more of but uh, the problem with that is that they'll be pulling people off the pitch and the uh, the bit the business doesn't like that, you know. They'll be saying they can't go on tour. There, you know. Yeah. So I get it. I get it. It's business, and and it's uh, you know, it's there's a lot of competition, and no one wants a wounded player, but yeah. it's necessary, you know. We're losing we're losing people to it. So yeah, true. Um, but no, I, right now, I mean, I've got, I've uh, obviously moved down to London now. I'm living in London. Um, I love London. It's, it's a great city. Yeah. You know, Lauren, my wife's. Uh, family uh live close to us you know having kids and having family by is just incredible oh, amazing it's, uh, yeah. it's, it's so yeah i mean you know i wish the the price of living was cheaper here but you know <laughs> having family nearby is is priceless definitely yeah that's that's key in it when you've got young yeah. kids just 100 percent. that's nuts 
absolutely yeah. nuts. Yeah, because I think that's it. When you have kids, people don't tell you that that, that is now your life. Right? Mm. Your life is them and everyone you know, they've got kids as well. So it's all about kids and... And it's and sometimes you just it's just nice to know you've got family around to just kind of just to support you. Yeah, you know it's a beautiful yeah. thing, man. And it's but yeah, yeah. It's a strange time in life, actually. I think you know for yeah. a lot of uh, not whether you've got kids or not. I think this age, um, you know, between sort of I think your your thirties in general is it's a weird time because you're figuring stuff out, and I think you can look back at your upbringing as an adult and question how things were done or you know th th that kind of stuff and you can look back at the decisions you made and i don't know it's a strange sound there's a lot of self-assessment i guess that's why people have midlife crises isn't it i mean maybe i'm not quite there yet but i'm not far off maybe that was it you know maybe maybe the start of covid and you know questioning whether i should uh even be doing music that that was the one time it was yeah. uh you know but I think maybe that was the closest I got to a midlife crisis, but uh, <laughs> there's there's time yet. There's time yet. Yeah, I think you know, I think I think what happens is if you're shut off, if you're quite shut off, or you, I don't know about because I'm because I'm 49, and I, I've always kind of I've just been lucky. I've been in comedy a long time. I had kids really young, so I don't really feel I don't feel I've missed out on anything. I don't mm. feel like I've I'm not I'm not traipsing around garden centres in me Crocs, and I'm not. <laughs> you know, I haven't, I haven't lived a, I haven't lived a, a, a normal life, if you like. So I don't yeah. know if my midlife crisis would be. Maybe I will do. Maybe I'll start doing the garden, and I'll start, you know, yeah. I'll start watching um, Bargain Hunt and all that shit, and you know, Death in Paradise. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's a funny one, isn't it? I think, I think you'll be safe with your. I don't think your midlife crisis will be that bad, because you've, because yeah. of, of the life you've had. Yeah, I think it, it would just be a bit of a retreat, I think, yeah. into uh, obscurity, you know, which, to be honest with you, I kind of class myself as like a Z-list celebrity at the minute, you know, and I'm quite happy at that. You know, there's certain people who you see the faces everywhere. And what, I, I ride the underground, I drink at my local pub, like, I, yeah. and I quite like it that way. Don't get me wrong, I love, I love the songs and all the rest of it to be successful, but... Yeah. Um, you know, every now and again, you'll meet someone in a very normal situation. And they'll call it. They'll say, "Oh, you know, but you're a celebrity." Aren't you? I'm like, "What? You know, what? What is it? What is that?" Maybe to a couple of people, but, um, but yeah, maybe I, I think at some point I'll I'll tell people to just start calling me John, and um, you know, and and that'll yeah. be it. And I'll be quite happy being that fella. You know, I think I spent more years of my life pulling pints and and kind of just being the fella behind the bar that in a lot of ways I'm quite happy being that guy now you know I don't really yeah. need to be anything more than that I'd rather just be a I think I think that's that's the important thing is realizing that actually I'd, gosh just consider me as a normal person I'll be happy yeah well, you've um, got that you've got like the like you say you can you've you've, you've been tremendously successful but you've also got that. You can also travel the underground and have a part with your mates and things like mm. that. And that's nice that you've got that. You, you, that's the. That's. I think that would be. That's what you're after, really. You want. You've got the success, and you know you can like you can feed your kids and your family and all that. And yeah, yeah. you know. And yet you can you can get go about your business. I see 
I see people that in the public eye and they can't even shit without a camera. That's no, nuts. Coming but I think out. Ed Sheeran had to build his own little village, didn't he? Oh, did he? He's, uh, <laughs> he's got like, so he's got this plot of land with like, it's got a pub on there. He's got all these things. So, you know, his friends come over and stay. I think he's bought, bought a bunch of houses and he's basically fenced it off and his mates all live there and it's like Mate. Sheeranville or something. He's like, you know, because he, <laughs> like he can't yeah. go, to, yeah, he can't go to the pub and, you know, have a normal pint. So he's like, well, I'll, I'll just make a pub in my back garden, but oh, not quite there yet. <laughs> You'll be all right. Couple more, couple more yeah, songs, yeah. couple more tunes, we'll see. mate. We'll see. <laughs> what's What's next? What's happening next? What are you working on? Um, so we've finished recording uh, the second uh, this album that's coming out. Um, yeah. I will be starting releasing from that very, very soon. Um, I had a release come out. Um, today uh, i don't know when this is airing but um okay. with uh it's another collaboration with um sleepwalkers it's like a dance uh, dj okay. type thing again um so again another one of them fun tracks you know that just yeah that'll serve its thing it'll do its thing good people involved in it um you know grateful to be sort of asked to get involved really and um but yeah most of the time has been spent um obviously the touring's kind of not really on the cards at the, at the minute so we've been filming a bunch of these live performances with nice you know choirs and horn sections and um really going to town on it i feel like it's Sounds amazing some of the best yeah. stuff I've, I've created up until now so just really excited for it and just this shift in mindset i'm so excited for all of it so yeah, the next thing will be this this next album that will start releasing tracks. I think next month from which I've not really said that to anyone. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, we start. You're not supposed to. No, no, no. It's it fine. Out, no, it's absolutely fine. So we start drip drip feeding them out then, and um, you know build it up towards the end of the year, and um, and just keep keep on moving forward. I'm already thinking about the next album after that. Now you know I'm sort of. Now these ones have been written. I'm starting to pen them just in my little home studio here. And yeah, well, this it is just it. Feels good. Yeah, this is it. Like, like I said to you earlier, it's like when you know someone will come up to you, and go, "Mate, that tune on that album, oh man!" Yeah. And you're like, "Oh yeah, 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 no, cool, man." You're like, oh, I yeah. vaguely remember it. I'm onto this batch now, and I'm excited <laughs> about these. So, uh, yeah. like, I mean, it's funny thing is, there's so many songs that you write that don't even see the light of day, and you you really forget about them. Like, I remember my manager will send me through songs that are like what do you think we'll ever do anything with this or should we pitch it and i'm like i can't even remember doing that yeah i've right. completely forgotten about it and i'm like wow it sounds all right actually um so yeah it's 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 quite amazing the amount of stuff that the world doesn't see yeah man. well you did some stuff for calm is that right the the yeah yeah very early i got involved with them as well I was still working in a bar um i think there was someone who worked very closely with them i think it was when they were just starting up um, they used to come and drink in the bar that I worked in and you know we got chatting and I said that was a musician I think they'd seen me play like on the open mic circuit a couple of times and they did this um, collateral this what's it called a compilation uh, record called 31 songs yeah it was it was all Manchester artists and it was you know 31 is apparently the 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 age that men are most at risk of it's the highest uh, statistic the age 31 is when men yeah, are right. most likely to commit suicide um so it was a song for every one of those years um and there's a bunch of different people on it. i think badly drawn boy and oh, um you know loads of manchester artists and uh they asked me to be on it and you know i put so i was like yeah of course you can I'm not, I'm not signed nothing i'm still working in a bar like, i have it and we did a few little shows um you know raising money for that as well and since then We've done little bits and bobs. I mean, there's so many, so many amazing um, mental health awareness charities coming out and stuff. Um, it's, it's great to see, you know, and a lot of people, yeah. it's funny because I've heard some people 
call it a bandwagon and it's like there's never a good bandwagon to get involved with it's this one you know it's oh, too right. um, you know yeah. a lot of people saying like oh every artist is talking about mental health and it's like well good yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know what, what, what's the problem you know and, and who cares what people's um, motivation is behind it like the important thing is that it's normalised you know yeah. it's uh, well, that's it and it needs yeah it needs people like I yourself I wish my yeah my generation my, I wish my parents generation um it was normalised because it, it would have changed a lot of things and you know and what I saw and yeah um, and in a lot of ways it's good you know there are certain ways of dealing with things you know you know I'm sure a lot of things help whether it's meditation all this stuff but sometimes it's a chemical imbalance and yeah. you just need to go and see a doctor and it I still there's there's still this stigma about it you know and it's all good looking after yourself but sometimes it's more than that sometimes it's just chemicals going a bit nuts in your body and it's making you feel rubbish and yeah. that's the way your body is working and it might always be like that but yeah. it doesn't mean that you always have to feel crap you know so you know there's so many ways and and it's funny because my wife's um her how do you call it so her her therapy that she's sort of been working in for the last couple of years it's it's uh, it's called person centered therapy so the idea is that you're almost your own therapist and we're just guiding you through it so that you right. will learn the the answers but she's um she has an anxiety disorder and she's been on and she's she you know i say this because i know that she's very open about it she's been on meds for the last 10 years and she came off them when she was pregnant and relapsed instantly uh, even yeah. though she studied it and all of those things and um there are certain things where it, it, it isn't a case of mind over matter it's it's you've just got to get some help yeah um and i just feel like you know there's a lot of people who i've experienced in my life who i've been close to who have just it's not been an option and i actually still think a lot of the time it's still not an option i mean the, the just because it does cost money yeah. and um the NHS is great and there's a lot of talking therapies and all this kind of stuff but it, it, it all I can say is the private route gets stuff solved very very quickly yeah and I've got friends who are still really struggling to get the right medication and um, so it's gosh what a minefield but yeah. you know the main thing is talking about it and people knowing where they can find support um, and it's great you know I listen to LBC a lot and there's so many people on there talking about talking therapies and this and that and the other and it's 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 really good to see it happening um i'm yeah. just glad that we're living in a generation where it is you know and for my kids and and my grandkids and stuff hopefully it's it's a very normal thing especially for men um absolutely yeah yeah it's 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 great to see it happening oh man well that's the way it feels like it feels like we're the first kind of generation that are now mm having these conversations you know my dad never had it and he had a shocking upbringing and it's and 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 he brought that into the he brought that into his you know into his world and it wasn't yeah. till, it's not till now that we're kind of going but like, i've actually said to him i'm like i get it i actually get it dad i get why things were happening and when i mm. first started saying that to him he's like well, i don't know what you mean don't you mean but then now he kind of goes he's like oh yeah cheers i'm glad you i'm glad you'd realized that i'm like dad yeah i'm telling you Despite everything, you did all right, Dad. You've done all right, you know. Any, any That's an amazing thing, isn't it? Yeah. It's an amazing thing to get into that time in your life. I mean, obviously, it's, it's it's not been a long time that I'm feeling like that, but actually being able to see the faults in your heroes, yeah. but at the same time understand why they're there yeah. and, and exactly. to still love them, you know, and still 
be grateful. I mean, and some people that might not be the case, you know, but I think definitely in me, I mean, you do think, wow, that's different. But then you go, well, what were you dealing with, you know? Yeah, exactly. And I think that's, you can look at most situations and most people and usually there's a reason they're being like that, you know? It's like, well, what's, what's going on there and what is it that you're dealing with? Um, you know, whether it's like naughty kids at school or uh, right through society and at all ages, it's... Uh, yeah, it's, good, it's yeah. good to sort of remind yourself of that sometimes. You know, I get dead, dead annoyed when people bid me in the car. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, what have you been like that for? But I don't know. I don't know where they need to get to. I don't know what their morning's been like. I, I, I don't yeah. know what it is. It's this trigger. I'm like, chill out, man. Right. Like, you, I know you mean. Um, yeah, you but don't I always try and remind myself, you just don't know. You don't know what situation there. But it's so. tricky. You're so difficult not to take it personally. You just go, mm. fuck, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you don't realise yeah. he's probably just been, he's probably just been sacked or he's some Yeah, well that's it. Him, you, know? you never know. No. You never know. Yeah, I always, that's, and I think that is teaching people empathy as well is that kind mm. of, instead of, instead of getting all defensive and going, what do you fucking, you just got to go mm. on a minute, think it through and go, what's, what's happened to this guy to get him to this point? Yeah. Where he's where he's kicking off with me, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I've done it as well. I remember losing my temper in a shop, and I'm just because I had a shit day, and something happened, and I just and I was just like, for fuck's sake, fucking hell! Mm. And then I walked out, and then about half an hour later, I was like, ah, no, that was terrible. That was terrible. And I went back to the shop with a box of Quality Street, and I just went, Good uh, man. listen, I was Good in man. here just now, and they all went, yeah, we know. I went, I just <laughs> listen. I just want to give you this. I'm really sorry. I'm I'm an asshole, and it was nice. It was a yeah. nice moment, but yeah, it doesn't always go that way. It just, yeah, it's, yeah. Well, this is it. We're all, I, I used to think about, you know, there's always conversations about, oh, when I get to that point in my life, then that'll be sorted or that. But there's no destination. I've said this a few mm. times on here. Mm. You're just always a work in progress. You're always figuring stuff out until you're not here anymore. It's just an ongoing, yeah. ongoing journey, for want of a better, better, better phrase, you mm. know? And all we can do is try and be, try and improve and be better and and be there for each other as well you know i had a mate just yeah. now he rang me up he just he just rang me up and he went just I haven't heard from you just thought i'd say hello and i'm yeah. like fuck yeah it's nice eh? i've got a mate who just sends me text saying welfare check nice you know and nice. i'm like good on you mate like he's this sort of ex ex-military um guy and he just just he just text me that the welfare check mate yeah dead man. easy yeah uh, dead easy it's not that hard no nope. you know really i need to do i need to start doing that because it's not something that i've i'm just like that's good but i've not taken it maybe i should do that when i get off this message of mate and so just say that how you doing you know, yeah it's dead easy you don't even have to call them because i know lads and sometimes it's funny because now we don't see each other much but so many times like fellas um if you ring someone up and they're talking to within a couple of minutes you're like did you want something? <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny because yeah. I've had the conversation with my wife. Like, you know, girls will just call. Like, she she calls her mates a few times a day. Like these same yeah. close friends and fellas just don't do that. So, and I think it's funny because she said to me like, why why do you love going to the pub so much? And I'm like, well, that's that's how fellas talk. And I'm not saying it's it's right. And I I think we do need to get to a point when that isn't the case. And I start. I start started to try doing other things outside of the pub like with a group of friends that are a bit more positive you know whether it's a bit of wild swimming or that more outdoorsy nice. kind of stuff that just it's camaraderie and, it, and it, it's uplifting and it's it's really good for your mind um but you know guys aren't just going to go around to each other's house and watch a film you know they might no. watch the boxing or the football or but um 
yeah it's, it's so funny you know like, fellas just don't you don't even need to call each other just text it makes it less awkward or whatever if yeah. that's the thing just how are you doing mate like, or just welfare check you know I think it almost <laughs> needs to become a hashtag you know like yeah. hashtag welfare check like how are you, how are you doing it's dead easy I think um, we start I think you should start that yeah I think that's got to be a thing yeah absolutely. yeah, yeah. I, I, it's, I'm on board it's, it's with powerful that. it's simple you know yeah um, in fact I'm going to call the fella who because um, he's probably don't even realise that he's doing it and he he uh he runs a, he runs a podcast actually. Um, what does he? It's uh, well, it's it's called uh, Declassified. It's a military um, military stories. Um, I'm going to say that to him. Yeah, uh, do it. I, I don't even think he realizes that uh, what That's an amazing be, little idea it is. That could become a thing. That's a fucking yeah. beautiful thing. Yeah, yeah absolutely. welfare check was brilliant. Yeah, and it's um, that. And it's, yeah, because I know. Yeah, I'm getting my phone. My phone is function only. I'm like, I'll text yeah. you. Go. Do you want to meet up? And then I'll have a chat with you. But I never, yeah, I don't yeah, ring. Yeah. So that's why I was quite no. surprised that my mate rang me. Yeah, it's yeah. always just, you know, did you want something? Yeah, yeah, what you is know, it? Because right. we're fixers, aren't we? It's like, all right, if you need to, yeah, nice one. Do you want to borrow this drill or something? Yeah, I'll bring it around, mate. Like, you know, we're we, we fixers, fellas. And, and actually, there's a lot of things. Sometimes you can't fix it, but you've got to talk it through. You know, it might not get fixed at the end, but you can take a load off. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Hashtag yeah. welfare check. Hashtag welfare check. That's got yeah. to be a thing, man. That's really good. Really yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. JP, this has been fantastic. I really, I'm really, honestly, thank you for taking the time to come and talk. Oh, to pleasure, me, man. mate. Pleasure, it was, man. It's been it, honestly. I look forward to hashtag welfare check becoming yeah, yeah, becoming a thing. That's um, a thing. Where can we find you online? Have you you on Twitter and things like that, or you know? Yeah, it's yeah. JP Cooper Music across the board. Really, um, I'm most active as far as responding and stuff on in- Instagram. Uh, the rest right. of them, I, uh, I just can't, I've not got time for it all, you know. Yeah. So that's the one that I try and make sure I really keep up with because uh, I've just got to keep saying you know um so yeah feel free to give me a, a reach out on there and um beautiful yeah we will do man thank you so much this has been a nice one buddy. No, I, appreciate one, it. I look you, forward see. to the album coming out wicked yeah star nice one mate have a great day insane in the membrane hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavor? dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started planning for your next trip Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Made by darkhorsedigital.co.uk Shooting, live streaming and podcast production.